Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Flatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independent artist thinkers. Great to have you with us. This is Tracy L. Slatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers. I am so happy to welcome you to the show. We have a great show lined up for you today. I am really grateful and humbled that so many people are listening to the show, both live and in the archives. I created the show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. I'm interested in creativity, fresh ideas, unusual perspectives, and originality. And this show aims to bring you models of people who embody those qualities. Please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers, and I'm on the, the chat line now, so go ahead and type in a question. Email me in between shows if you would like to suggest a guest or have me ask questions of a particular guest. You can reach me at Tracy at tracylslatin.com, and that's Tracy, T-R-A-C-I, at tracylslatin.com. Um, In the coming weeks, we have some great guests coming on. Next week on Thursday, September 17th at 1 p.m., author, astrologer, and teacher Lynn Bell will talk about archetypes and the mythology of our horoscopes. Fascinating. Lynn is also the author of some wonderful books. On Thursday, September 24th, Sufi dancer, entrepreneur, and founder of Neural Beings Coaching, Anahita Mogadam will talk about mindfulness and self-actualization, which is something I know I'm always looking for. On October 1, artist and atelier master Virgil Elliott will talk about art and the study of art, and he's got some great ideas about this. So tune in and keep checking the um, website, independentartistthinkers.com, and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who will be on the show. And please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. I am delighted today to have some wonderful guests, a pair of guests, Dan Booth Cohen, and Emily Bolden. Dan Booth Cohen, PhD, and Emily Bleffield Bolden, LICSW, are internationally recognized innovators in merging advanced consciousness and spiritual principles into real life packages. Uh, practices, sorry. 
their groundbreaking work enables people to perceive and release the otherwise invisible effects of multi-generational trauma within their own family lineage. Together, Dan and Emily access the ordinary, the ancestral, and the spiritual dimensions of consciousness to create healing processes that are illuminating and life-transforming. In the field of their work, ancestral presences often become tangibly real and participants make direct contact with the spiritual wisdom embodied within the earth. Behind the pain of personal and transgenerational trauma, clients can feel love and receive healing from the consciousness that envelops us all. Um, The tagline on their website is see with your heart, live your purpose, love your life. That is so beautiful and profound. And on a personal note, I would like to say that I worked with Dan several times through the years, and I found his constellation work to be transformative, heartfelt, and poignant. And you can see more about Dan at hiddensolutions.com and more about Emily at emilyvolden.com. Emily and Dan, welcome, and thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Tracy. It's great to be on. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tracy. Well, I'm so happy. Thanks for um, being on the show. So I always start the show, the interview, with this kind of big question um, about the beginning of your journeys. And so I guess you can each take turns or however you've worked it out to talk, but tell us how you got started. How did you begin your journey and what has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have and when did you know you were going to be involved in wellness, spiritually-based psychotherapy and constellation work? Were spiritual principles a major presence in your homes when you were growing up? What did you think you would be? Um, so tell me about your childhoods and lead up to now, and I don't know who wants to start. Oh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first. Uh, so it's a... Um... Uh, it's a, obviously it's a big question, and and uh, I'll try to give the, the most abbreviated answer I I can, so we we can go move on to a second question before before our time runs out. Um, for me, the the uh, you know I I grew up in a, a household uh, in New York that was um, had kind of the black cloud of the Holocaust hanging over it. My my uh, uh, my father and his family had uh, uh, been a, deeply affected uh, by the Holocaust, as, as well as my mother's family, and uh, this uh, shadow of, of violence and, and uh, murder kind of uh, descending from seemingly out of nowhere was a, a kind of a very present theme. So as an adult, I became interested in uh, the question of, you know, how to, how to live in the world without having enemies that, uh, uh, you know, wanted to kill me, uh, which is okay. uh, kind of a question of Jewish identity. And and that uh, led me into uh, becoming interested in violence prevention and conflict work resolution, and I, I did that on a volunteer basis for 20 years. I, I lived in Palestine as a Jewish peace activist. I lived in Germany for a time as a Jewish peace activist and was involved in many with many organizations and events and different forms of activism. And uh, after 20 years uh, of that, I came to realize that there was a missing piece, that there was something very essential and big that was not included in the array of the toolkit of the peacemaker from uh, spirituality and religion, philosophy, politics, economics, education, etc. Um, none, of, none of the tools fit uh, where this, this place where they were most needed, when the energy of violence and conflict erupted 
what was really happening and, and, and what was a possible remedy. And so I, I undertook to, to find out what that was, and that's how I came to this uh, family constellation work coming out of Germany. Uh, and that's Hellinger's that work. Had, uh, Bert Hellinger's uh, it originated work? by Bert Hellinger. Yeah, Bert Hellinger. Uh, and then the, he had, you know, trained a number of leading psychologists and, and uh, educators and, and uh, psychiatrists as well in, in, in his work. And it, it really became a collective effort. His his name is, is the uh, most identified, but uh, there's actually many other uh, uh, teachers that uh, have contributed to the understanding of the work over the years. And so I... I uh, did training in that, and then I went and got a Ph.D. in psychology um, and and began working with, you know, what for me was the missing tool, which is the consciousness that inhabits us and surrounds us that's beyond the ordinary and uh, that people need access to. And then a, a few years ago, I met Emily, and um, we started working together. We've been working together for a number of years, and and. The way that um, she'll tell her story, but the, the way that um, kind of our our skills and talents and perspectives come together really enhanced, uh, you know, the work that I was doing to, to really make it something uh, quite beyond uh, what I had been doing on my own. Um, maybe uh, Emily, do you want to uh, do you want to jump mm-hmm. in and talk about uh, your your own path uh, to this point? Sure, thank you. Yeah, Dan. Dan, that was that's amazing. Uh, thank you. So Emily, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. Thanks, Tracy. It's a great question to see it all. Um, uh, so I, I grew up in a household where um, uh, my mom was a, a practiced uh, many spiritualities, had had a number of spirituality practices, and, and was kind of identified within the Unitarian religion. My dad was uh, Jewish, and we grew up um, celebrating all, all sorts of different um traditions and kind of ways of ways of life. So when I reached adulthood, um, I kind of explored uh, this, this the, the path of spirituality, the path of kind of identity, um, and, and kind of the questions inherent in, in just the existential point of view of just, you know, who, who am I, where do I come from, and, uh, you know, where do I belong? Um I, I had this uh, throughout my my whole childhood and into my throughout my adulthood. I've had this experience of, of noticing that that we live in this just very fast paced, highly competitive, overstretched, under nurtured, modern way of life. Um, my, Emily, my dad is uh, Emily. Sure. When I when I tune into your field, you know, I used to be a healer myself. So when I tune into your field, your field is big, soft, and open. You're psychic, right? Yes. So did yeah. you know that as yeah, a kid? Right. Or? Um, yes, you know, as a as a very young, early in my early childhood, I I experienced um, some perception. Um, I had a, a cousin who passed at a very um, early age, and that's my only my, my only memory of was of um, having awareness of that cousin. That, that that died and awareness of that spiritual presence and talking about it and being kind of redirected that that we're letting that cousin go and that 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 that's, that that he's not around anymore so there was this kind of orientation to the way that we live the, the what what meets the eye in in modern culture and modern uh-huh. society and so it you know throughout early um, childhood and into 
my adolescence and early adulthood, I did not, uh, I wasn't working with those that power of perception in terms of sight. Um, but I've always been a very intuitive soul. And um, uh, I've been in touch with, that there's way, a way we live in our lives where we're on this kind of one track. And, um, and yet there's a, an underlying truth, an underlying feeling, an underlying awareness. And so as a, as a child, um, I, was, I was always in touch with the dual reality that, that the humans around me help. Um, you go to work every day, you show up for your life, you, you, um, you do what needs to get done for the children or for your responsibilities. Um, and yet on the inside, there's this kind of despair or this um, feeling of kind of an endless overload of, of busy life. Um, and, and really being out of touch with what makes you come alive, what, what uh-huh. makes you come to life. So I felt very connected to, to those that, that dual um, emotion that I would feel within my parents, within um, friends, family members. Um, and then at the same time, I also um, I also had this, uh, this deep uh, call to kind of hear the call of the earth. So I, I would feel... Um, the increase in chaos around us, and as well as the the way in which the, the earth is calling us to to kind of hear her naked ground and hear the message of her waters and make change. Mm-hmm. So um, at a young age, I was always involved in different um, different ways of of giving back to humanity or giving back to the earth. And then I opened to um, go on to school for social work, and then on to become a ther- psychotherapist. And in my practice, the first ten years of my practice, what I found is there's this um, this, this insatiable stirring for something more. Um, and so I took this, this course, this program called Women Leading Change uh, for Women Leading Change Against Gender-Based Violence. Um, and I met Dan in the program, and, and we did, we did a, a, a demonstration of a family constellation, and within, you know, 30 seconds of opening the field, um, and I, I was just a participant in the process. Within 30 seconds, the whole room was kind of, erupting an emotion and there was all this uh, release that happening and I, I didn't really understand what occurred. But within months of that, uh, my, my perception kind of uh, released and opened even more so. And so things have been um, unfolding in terms of how we're working together. Uh, from that point on, I could go on and on about it, but it, it, um, it really put, putting my heart and my soul kind of in, a, in alignment with all the resources of my ancestor ancestral lineage and spiritual resources that were behind me, it just it just put me in alignment with my purpose in ways um, I, I had been kind of gathering for a lifetime. So I, I connect to the artist on your call. Um, I was an artist myself prior to doing this, and um, I connect to the artist because there, there's a way where we gather through creativity, we gather energy, and um, and we gather insight and, and deep, you know, reach into this unconscious uh, knowing of of creation, and yet um, to manifest your dreams or manifest your pur- purpose, there, there needs to be more kind of clarity in, in the modern world. So um, I think our process really helps to to merge both. Right. I know the family constellation work was pretty amazing when I did it. Um, it sort of made everything more spacious for me. A couple of sessions really resulted in like real shifts in my life, and others were more internal shifts. But, um, Dan, do you want to say more about um, constellation therapy? Can you clarify what is meant by transgenerational trauma and how can transgenerational trauma be healed? And I'm, I'm 
I'm just asking Dan to start because I know he did this work, but Emily, feel free to jump in any time. Sure, thanks. Okay, uh, thanks. So the uh, the premise that, that we're working from is that uh, whatever presenting situation, issue, um, passion, even intention or block that, that people are experiencing in their in their ordinary everyday life, and particularly the ones that are, are resistant to positive change, uh, that they have a, a root that uh, works its way back uh, before the individual was born and into the, uh, the the family lineage. So people understand that in a psychological sense, of course, but our understanding it's actually a uh, it's it's a root that's alive. It's it's not uh, just a kind of a sequential because you know my mother did this to me, therefore I'm like that, which is more of a kind of cause and effect uh, linkage. But in our understanding, the humans are both individuals, but we're also part of a continuous uh, life form. And so the events that happen from the past, particularly the traumatic events from two, three, four, or more generations uh, before actually remain alive uh, within us and around us. And that is uh, what is at the the root of the difficulties that we had at making positive change in our life. So the, the, the essential of the process is actually to trace back the root to its source and then find the release. And then we can, when we do the release, uh, the current situation actually can change either instantaneously sometimes or, or very quickly. Um, we, you know, we all have a story. We all are born into a family. We're all a part of a family soul, a kind of collective consciousness. Uh-huh. Through our DNA, we, we inherit um, physical attributes from our parents and other generational family members. But what is less understood and unseen, that we also inherit an, an emotional legacy. Um, clinical psychology research shows that traumas are stored in the limbic brain from three to seven generations. Yeah, so that was recent, right? Her. Was it just recently in the news that yeah. um, Holocaust survivors pass on those, you know, the impact of their experiences? Right. This is what and, last and week, we hold I think. this unconscious loyalty to it. It's um, it's really it's 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 really powerful, and and it and it's unseen, oftentimes unacknowledged. Um, and out of out of kind of love for our family, as this unconscious uh, love that we hold, um, we can become unknowingly identified or even merged with previous family members whose traumas are unresolved. And we can often repeat their destructive patterns or manifest some of the similar afflictions or unresolved issues that they held in their lifetime. So by doing this process, you make contact with that pain, and 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 also transform it from a limitation or a burden into um, a strength and a possibility, a, a resource. Well, it's interesting that the Holocaust and World War II comes up in what you're talking about. I recently, uh, last year, I published a book set during World War II, a historical novel. As part of my research, I went to Dachau, and I took the tour, um, and I had mixed feelings. On the one hand, it's amazing that they, and I saw groups of German school children very seriously discussing this, and I am sure what they were talking about is what the Nazis had done and what was the that legacy to the current generations of Germans alive now. So on the one hand, it's amazing that this monument memorial is there. On the other hand, I felt like there was something unhealed, 
that there was a way that Dachau was being kept as an unhealed open wound. And that troubled me. Is that the best way? I, I don't know. I didn't, because I, I couldn't, I don't want to say anything flippant or easy because I'm not going to minimize the suffering of that in, happened during the Holocaust and to survivors and their children and grandchildren. But I'm just wondering what to do about, you know, a place like that. I think that's a uh, that's a great observation, Tracy. I've, I've um, uh, my father, who was a U.S. Army soldier, was actually one of the liberators of, of Dachau and was um, involved after the war through 1946 in, in helping some of the Jewish survivors. Uh, and and I've I've uh, brought uh, groups of of uh, high school students, German and American high school students, there. So I'm I'm familiar with the site and and also some of the other memorials in. In Germany, there's a, a similar uh, Holocaust memorial in Berlin that also has the feel of a of an open wound that can never heal. And in in Hamburg, there's a at the their their Holocaust memorial, there's a poem uh, by Nellie Zox, who's a, a Jewish poet who survived the war, and she wrote also. And the, the the poem is written on the side of a building, and it it speaks about how. Uh, the the wound is being held open by an angel, and it can never be allowed to close. And so it is part of the German response. Uh, there's a sense that if the the wound is allowed to to heal and close, and life moves on, that somehow it's disrespectful to to mm-hmm. those who lost their lives, that they're being forgotten or left behind. And and I absolutely agree with you that when you tune in uh, to to uh, those victims, both the, the 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 victims of the Holocaust and and also the the perpetrators and their descendants, and you kind of feel for the healing movement and and what really is in the, in the best interest of the children and life moving forward in a good way. It it actually is for the the, the wounds to be allowed to close. Uh, in the the poem by Nellie Zox, her question is, "Who amongst us dares to console?" Uh, or um, in English, it could also be, "Who amongst." Who amongst us dares to comfort? Uh, but it's it's around this question of the open moon, very specifically. And I just had a. I, I feel like it. And I just had a, a text in the chat room from one of the listeners um, saying, "My dad was also one of the first American soldiers into Dachau and found a camera with film on the ground. The experience deeply affected him. We gave some of the we have some of the pics, and he gave some to the museum in D.C. Mm-hmm. It. Um, wow. Yeah, it's still it's uh what is it? Um uh what 70 years? Uh that was 1945, it's 2015. So from if, if I'm doing my math, uh, 55, yeah, it's 70 years. Um and of course, you know, in many ways the wound remains open. Um and the the way that I hear the call actually is is that it it is time and it's 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 actually up to us to your to the to the person in the chat room. Uh, to you, Tracy, and to Emily and I, and to, to many others, to people listening on the call, it's actually time for the wound to heal. It's actually time to allow the, the, the what has been torn apart to come back together. And, and I well, think your, your kind of your instinct and your your intuition about it is, is spot on. Well, we want to let it heal with so much love and so much honor and so much respect and so much of a vow that we will never forget. Right, and and the um, the way the wound reverberates in generations following looks different in different families. You know, the the emotional legacy 
the way the patterns show up um, in in different families looks looks different, but it oftentimes is 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 a block to creation, to to life moving forward, and it and and when you tune into the block and you tune into the pattern and the struggle, you 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 find exactly what what you just said. You find this message of um, ancestors wanting to be a loving force, wanting to be included as a resource versus um, as, uh, not, not seen just as the fallen or not seen just as uh, the victims, but seen as this incredible wealth of, of resource and um, potential to, 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 to hold the living. Well, t- talk, tell my listeners and kind of talk about like an individual. I don't know if you want to give a specific example um, or just make someone up, but talk about kind of how ancestral wounding and ancestral healing happens in a person and then how that opens the heart and leads to more creativity. Can you give it like a concrete example? We'd be happy to give an example. And, and also if you're, if you're open to it, um, like we said earlier, we'd be also happy to do a demonstration if somebody wants to call in and um, we can kind of uh, give, give a demonstration of how this how this looks. Um, okay, so uh, listeners, know, just, uh, you can call in and get like a kind of um, a little like a little reading and a little like mini demonstration, and it may be useful to you. I'm um, okay. So um, yeah. Yeah, we go ahead and start talking. The first caller, yeah, sure. So I could think of a of a a couple of cases we can describe, Tracy. One one that comes to mind is actually we did a, a workshop here in Ireland a couple of weeks ago uh, for a live group, and there was a, a man who's um, actually been very accomplished as a kind of as a teacher and a coach uh, and a healer, uh, and uh, but he has. Um, a, a lot of anxiety. He has huge amounts of anxiety kind of coursing through him, and it's uh, been debilitating, uh, sometimes actually paralyzing. When he wakes up in the morning, he has trouble getting out of bed because his body is, is uh, pulsing with so much anxiety. Uh, he has a connection, his family connection is to the Holocaust. That's why I'm reminded of him mm-hmm. uh, at the moment. And we did a process of, for him uh, to for him to, to see how his, the intention that he has for his life moving forward is actually energized by these wounds of the past and the block that he has, the anxiety and, and the, the, what is keeping him from moving forward uh, is also uh, really alive uh, from the, the, the uh, history in his family, from his uh, grandmother and her, her uh, brothers. Uh, and there were specific were, traumas uh, that the grandmother and brothers experienced as in the Holocaust that was then kind of alive in his consciousness? Uh, the the grandmother actually was a sole survivor. She survived and her brothers uh, uh, were murdered in the Holocaust. Oh. So uh, she, and she came to the, you know, she survived after the war, came to the States and, oh. and uh, her brothers uh, all perished. Dan, um, we have a caller. So really? Okay. I'm going to put uh, the caller Let me caller just finish. Hello? Uh, me... No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Is, 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 this, is this a call? Oh, we dropped the call. Sorry. All right, go ahead and fi- I'm sorry, Dan. Finish the story, and we'll see if our caller calls back. Okay. Um, just to say, we did a process for him, and he uh, we got a message from him an email a, a couple of days ago that he found the process uh, that we did the constellation that we did for him really confusing. Uh, he didn't understand what happened, 
the next morning he woke up and his anxiety is gone. And it's been 10 days, and he hasn't felt uh, any anxiety. Uh, wow. In, in uh, the last 10 days, he kind of looked for it in his body. It's not there, it's and not he's just there. had this uh, uh, joy of, of the feeling of release. Um, and that's just something that kind of immediately comes to mind. It's kind of fresh within the last couple of days. Okay, we have our um, caller it's, on. It's, caller? Oh, great. Hello? Oh, hi. Hi. Oh, are you oh. hearing me? This is David. How are you? Yes, we hear you. Hi. Um, so thank you so much for doing this. This is just a really wonderful show, uh, Tracy and Dan and Emily. I'm the one that wrote in in the chat that my dad was one of the first American soldiers into Dachau. Um, his, mm-hmm. he, they had been outside Munich, and his commanding officer said that he wanted him to reconnoiter to this camp that they had heard about. And so he found a camera on the ground and put it in his pocket. And after the war, had uh, pictures um, developed. And I, I know it had a tremendous effect on him and the way that he conducted his life thereafter. Uh, he ended up being a um, news producer for the Today Show and NBC Nightly News for several decades. Um, so. I wasn't really sure what you wanted me to do. <laughs> uh, Tracy okay. said to uh, maybe call in for a reading. Mm-hmm. We can, um, you know, in this in this brief demonstration, we can we can sort of introduce how um, how an issue maybe that's in your life might it, it might trace back to the Holocaust, it might not. But we're 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 curious if there's something that's um, alive for you right now that 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 might be creating any kind of disturbance in your heart or in, or might feel like a burden or a block that you're carrying as you're trying to manifest your your work, your purpose, or um, relationships in your life? Is there um, anything well, alive there, for you? There is some, there's something, uh, since my father's uh, passing, um, there's been a huge transformation in, in my life. I've been thrust into two uh, I'm involved um, very deeply with uh, theater in my town and with my church. And in both um, organizations, I've been thrust into um, very high kind of active um, leadership roles in both of those, um, where I have to lead a congregation of people because the pastor quit, and I have to lead the um, I have to lead the theater through a difficult time. Um, of building a new theater and putting together, putting all kinds of these things in place and working with attorneys and, and all that sort of thing. So I feel like I'm the right man for the job, but I'm definitely have felt like I'm walking on, um, you know, that I'm not, maybe not as confident as I could be. I have a tremendous skill set, but I feel like I, I could be a little more grounded or something. Okay, good. That's um, uh, that, that seems like a, a good uh, you know good issue for this uh, for this format and the, the, the time that we have. If, you know, we when we do full sessions, they they easily take two hours. So this is just mm-hmm. going to be a little morsel. Um, but what we'll do is we'll kind of tune in. Emily and I will tune in. We just take a, a minute of of um, of silence, and, and you as well. Just kind of cl- close your eyes and breathe with us. We'll we'll open our our hearts to you, and then just become aware of whatever uh, whatever uh, 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 emerges in that in that uh, silence. We're not uh, 
really thinking about it so much, but just kind of breathing with it. And and information comes forward, and then we'll just share whatever we notice. And in the silence. Dan, Dan is um, it okay if I you talk know, while you guys are holding silence, or do you need me to be quiet too? Uh, dead air is not really that great for radio, but it's uh, w- it'll be very distracting for us if you're talking okay. while we're in the silence. I was actually going to invite all the listeners that are listening, because there's kind of a teachable moment in this. Um, your heart is an organ of perception. There's a way where we are... We operate as if all that we know, all that we think, all that we feel, all that we see is, is all that's present. But th- there's a, a way if you draw your breath into the core of your body and, and you allow the front doors of your heart to open, you imagine yourself in the center of your heart and you allow the front doors to open, you can actually access consciousness that hasn't been spoken or access consciousness that's surrounding you that, that's, that's present. So in, in the silence of this you know brief minute, um, we, I, I, we would welcome callers uh, to to open their heart um, to to David, to the person that's called in, and to this issue, and to just uh, access the consciousness that's surrounding him. To imagine kind of connecting with his heart and just breathing in what's present, and seeing if you can, without knowing anything about him, we don't know anything about him right now except for what he shared, to see what else is a, is available to you, what else you can access. Uh, using your heart as your your perception tool. Does that does that is that all right, Tracy? We do it that way. Yeah, we'll have a moment of silence. So, to my listeners, we're having a moment of silence so that Dan and Emily can tune in to David, our intrepid caller. And I'm going to sit and open my heart also. Okay. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Do as well. Is, is that 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 good for you, David? Yes. Thank you. Okay. So let's just take a a few moments to. to uh, breathe together, and then we'll we'll share what we noticed. All right, let's let's come back. I'm here. Um uh, and then we'll, we'll um uh, then we could just uh, share um uh we, you know, we did that uh uh that that briefly just to accommodate the radio format. Uh and um David, if you just want to share if there was anything you were aware of uh, in in uh, while we're breathing together and then then I'll share and then Emily. Um maybe cuz I mentioned my dad, but I had an extraordinarily strong sense of him and his mother and uh, my great and strong grandmother and um, also just a sense of uh, feeling a little scared myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank uh, I'll share what uh, what was present for me. Uh Tracy, do you want to do what before I do that? Do you want to do you want to uh, uh, share what what was there for you in the silence? I was trying to energetically support David because I think it takes a lot of courage to call in and and be open this way. So I was just trying to kind of energetically stand at his back and bolster him. Good, perfect. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Uh, 
so David, when I, when I uh, kind of when I opened my heart to you, what I uh, felt uh, actually immediately came in was a uh, was a woman. I felt like a, a, a former partner of yours, a, a, a former wife, or a, a former oh, yeah. uh, you know partner. Yeah, uh, very love, very loving uh, person. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had this sense that um, uh, that 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 relationship had um, uh, that part of your uh, kind of the lack of confidence that you experience uh, is um, connected to, to her and that that relationship. That that there was a way that you were, uh, you had like a kind of a deep faith uh, in the in the the goodness of her and the goodness of yourself and the and the goodness of the relationship, and that there was a time that there was a um, um, that 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 was really shaken in in some way that 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 the way that events unfolded at, at a certain point uh, kind of. Uh, shook that and uh, put some cracks in your in your both in your confidence uh, and your faith, and mm-hmm. that um, uh, that there remains something unresolved of, of, of from that, and that it uh, it then this a similar feeling crops up in different ways subsequently. Uh, it's um, uh, it's it's occurred. Uh, Subsequently, as well, a, a similar type of um, of circumstances and the same feeling, where you you have uh, the sense that uh, uh, that everything's good, and then kind of events un- kind of unfold in a different direction, and you, and leaving you with your confidence uh, sh- shaken. Hmm. Does, does that does that make sense at all? Yes, that does resonate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and I'll, you know, in the interest of this format, I, you know, I don't really want to. Uh, I'm, I'm being kind of vague on purpose because, uh, you know, we are on Block Talk Radio, so I, I um, uh, um, that, that, that's partly why I'm being so vague mm-hmm. in general. Um, okay. Um, what came present for me, David, actually was was that you know you are the right man for this job, that and for this role that I, I had this kind of strong sense. I kind of felt what it's like to be your heart in this community, um, to lead uh, through this difficult time and um, and kind of this time of transition. And I, it just, it actually felt um, that, that you have you have the respect of, of so many people um, and, and they actually, they're, they're very confident that, that you're the person to do this. Hmm. So I, I kind of felt they're, they're very much in relationship with the truth Um of your heart and, and very much in relationship with your skills and your capacity and, and that you're right on to say that you just want to be, you know, you're just trying to be more grounded. Um, and when I felt into kind of this, this feeling that you have um, uh, of, of not being as confident, I, 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 I accessed um, this image of a, of a daughter. It looked like a young, a young girl um, that was lost. You know, had had to find her way, uh, find her way home, or find her way out. So I'm not sure if it was your grandmother, or your great grandmother, who survived. But it, it, I had this kind of sense of um, that she was she was kind of without all of her resources, kind of like lost in this new world or this new community, and needed to appear confident, like it was okay, everything was okay. But but 
really felt quite lost. Um, and so uh, you, you're in this same space where you're you're needing to kind of be the leader of of this this of this initiative. And um, she needed to be the leader of an initiative. And I I just I just felt like her shakiness. And yet on the outside, she really needed to look cool and collected. Um, oh, yeah. The um, the next image I I had was um, this great this great grandmother coming present at this point, kind of behind you and just putting her hands on your back and holding you. And I had the sense that Tracy might be in contact with that when Tracy said she's just trying to she stood back and bolstered him up. Um, yeah, and energetically, I, I energetically I stood behind David and put my hands on his back. Yeah, I had this image of your your kind of great grandmother doing that. And um, and and wanting to, to know that you have every that, that you're not alone that 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 although she felt like she was alone, all the consciousness of her ancestors were with her, and all the consciousness of yours are with you. Um, and and to kind of rest in into their their strength. Um, and and actually, the last image I had was just that that the the story of whatever this theater is that the that you're doing, the, the, whatever the storyline is around the theater or the show, uh, has something to do with, it's almost, it's got a similar thread of, around a lost child or a lost, somebody lost. So I'm not sure how that really quite fits, but I, I had this sense that there's, um, that you're actually birthing some, some, some of this production or this project is about kind of finding um, community again. Wow, that that's, that's amazing. Yes, I actually, um, yeah, my grandmother was a, a single, a uh, an immigrant from Sicily, a single mother of my dad, you know, in the 1920s, and had to, uh, you know, uh, find her family in the Midwest and make a life and learn English and raise a son and all of that stuff. So I'm definitely resonating with what you said about that, and I could see how the the work that we're doing to build this theater and some of the um, obstacles that have um, been a blow to us this year, I could see how there's a parallel. Yeah, it's it's um it's a there's a migration happening in the in this hmm. congregation, um, hmm. and so and, and kind of an updating occurring. Um, modernizing in a way, so I, I I would just welcome in your your grandmother's mother from oh, Sicily. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, that, that I think that's that great and strong grandmother that you mentioned, and then uh-huh. your grandmother too, and and of course your father and your grandfather and your great grandfather. But I I had this very strong sense that these two women, uh, your grandmother really wanted her mother, and that that uh, that they're they're all behind you. They're standing with you. Oh, that's very cool. I thank you. Mhm. Good. Uh, so, th- thanks, David. Thanks for your uh, uh, willingness to to uh, to jump in. And, oh, and sure. um, what is David going to do with these um, knowings, or you know, what should how should he hold them? Do you have any recommendations for him now as he proceeds forward in his life and his work? We can, you know, we could, we would typically do a kind of a healing meditation. Uh, we didn't want to take up too much time, and that that's, we could do that. The other, the other is just uh, when he's 
walks him forward, there's a, there's a way where he he doesn't feel grounded. And my guess is he's got uh, it's like he has one he, he's like on the boat in the migration. Um, he's uh, kind of feeling like an immigrant at times, and 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 it has kind of uh, sea legs in a way is the way to put it. And so he's hmm. um, it, it would be like to, to find your find your feet here, but but feel the love from from back home. And, and to kind of welcome them, like open the back doors of your heart and welcome in the presence of your grandmother and your great-grandmother. Um, Dan, I know you have something else to share. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just thinking, David, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, we're in this uh, f- uh, format of the uh, of, of this show, so um, I want to re- I want to res- uh, respect that. But if you go to um, uh, uh, com, the website, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a link there for a free consult. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can uh, uh, you could uh, just fill in your name there, and then you could uh, you know it's a thirty minute uh, free consult, and we could kind of uh, complete the process for you. We'd be glad to do that for you. Oh, thank you, uh, much much appreciated. Thank you. And and for for others listening that might might make contact if they open if you open your heart and you open your heart to this disturbances in your own life. There's always in that disturbance. There's always somebody. Who wants to be seen? And in, in this particular example, we saw a, a great grandmother and a grandmother, um, and you know this this uh, difficulty feeling grounded in in a new role and new leadership, and that's a shared disturbance. It's a shared experience with an ancestor, uh, his grandmother, and so what what actually is wanting to be seen and included is just that consciousness that that this, that you're not alone with this disturbance. And that if you if you can imagine giving that burden back to your grandmother and letting her hold it and letting her actually just be a support. So for those of you listening, it can be just letting in the ancestor who you share this this disturbance with into your heart to 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 hold you to support you and and letting them hold that struggle, kind of giving that burden back to them. Okay, so I'm gonna um, thank David and I'll let him off and so that. Emily and Dan, you guys can go back to talking about your work because this was amazing. Thank you again. Great. Good. Yeah, thank you, David. Yeah, thanks, David. Thanks, David. Lots of love to you. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Wow, that was amazing. That was the feeling of presence that I experienced was pretty beautiful. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is. you know, it's what we're what we're doing daily for people, and it's also what we're teaching people. Um, I, I want to just touch back on something you mentioned, Tracy, that that I think really fits the the theme of your show. I think is it, it feels important to me, is uh, you know th- there is this a scientific research that's come out about how the the trauma of the Holocaust is um, in a physical way is is passed down to the children and grandchildren. They they're finding these epigenetic switches, these kind of enzymes that, uh, you know, can be activated or, or non. And the descendants of Holocaust survivors uh, have uh, this epigenetic switch uh, for trauma response. It's, it's turned on in, in subsequent generations. And it's, it's very validating to, to see that. But if you, if you kind of flip it around the other way, there, there's a way that um, we're all kind of uh, like with beggars bowls, you know, like waiting for the scientific infrastructure to validate what we're doing, and and, and that makes it um, uh, that kind of verifies. Uh, 
but in so many ways, there, there's so much that we're doing that uh, you know hasn't been verified or validated by science, and 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 without that validation, um, it's we're in a bit of a nether region of is is this something to be taken seriously? Are these people for real or not? Um, and I, I just want to I, I just want to say that there's a way that art and literature um, and this uh, kind of a perception of consciousness of, of understanding understanding the truth in the heart is actually in many ways it's in, in front of what the scientific researchers are able to come up with and that um, there's a call for us not to be so beholden uh, to waiting for uh, some university to um, uh, to validate what we're doing and, and not kind of not believing in ourselves and in our own capacity and, and the, the truth in our own hearts because, uh, you know, some ap- academic may, you know, not accept it. Um, and, well, I think and, uh, we're all I think kind it, of in... it's, it seems like it's a theme of what you're, you know, you're talking about is, is, is stepping away from this corporate infrastructure into our own creative and artistic uh, way of knowing. Well, yes, and I think we're all kind of in our, especially in the West, we have, uh, uh, we feel, I guess the word used is beholden to this sort of reductive, Newtonian, mechanical universe that is a machine and we haven't our metaphor has not caught up to the more recent scientific um advances like um y- you know the quantum field and the fact that um reality is non-local and then this whole idea of epigene- epigenetics i think it's bruce lipton isn't he of the biologist who talks a lot about that it's really mm-hmm. fascinating uh-huh. we're finding consciousness in everything mm-hmm. yes and you know, for for many of us that that live outside of the scientific box, it's it you know we we know this to be true, and that's just kind of a, a the, the research is just a stamp of validation. But the work that Dan and I are doing is um, it's it's it it transforms uh, the way we're living with this consciousness. So I, I think I think for me, I've worked ten years as a psychotherapist, and I'm not I'm doing very minimal psychotherapy at this point because I'm I'm finding that what might take twenty sessions, you know, thirty sessions, or a year or two years of therapy can can be released in one or two sessions just by making having your conscious make contact with the consciousness that's orbiting around you, and and when you're when you can bring that into your reality, into your awareness, into your own knowing. And you know your subconscious meets your conscious. The, the symptoms just fall away. That the struggle just falls away, and the potential opens. So it's it's not just about releasing limitations; it's stepping into possibility. So for you know creative entrepreneurial um, activists out there that are that are looking to um, to 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 bring their visions into life, uh, this this process uh, supports you with with living. Um, with the living and with the deceased and with the spiritual uh, resources available to you. So what are the major challenges you have faced, you two have faced in your work together thus far, and what are the rewards? Because I think you're kind of getting to it with this idea of the scientific community versus the community that understands the larger realm that we actually live in and have our being in. Mm Mm-hmm. you know, the, the, I'll start with the, the rewards first, and maybe we'll run out of time before we get to the challenges, uh, which are numerous. 
of we, we did a couple of weeks ago, we were out in Oklahoma. There was a woman that came to our group who comes from a, a tiny town in Arkansas. And she um, she talked about her life, and, and there were quite a number of things that she brought up. But, but uh, my heart opened. She mentioned she had a grandson, five-year-old grandson, who was uh, just out of control. His behavior and emotions were out of control, and he was uh, just like a living hell uh, for his family, just very consuming. Um, they're trying to just manage uh, his behavior and his moods, and she was very concerned about him and was kind of afraid that that he was somehow in resonance with the trauma that was in her family and, and her ancestry going back before her uh, and wanted to know if we could do a release. So we did this process for her, and again, it was, it was thoroughly confusing. Uh, it went for quite a while, and it was, uh, in the end, uh, we had a representative for the boy, uh, and at the end of the process, the boy felt uh, like a great relief. He had been uh, feeling very stressed and, and uh, uh, tense uh, the whole time. And we kind of moved the representatives around and tried to figure out uh, how the lineage came together and what the traumas were. And, and in the end, we were actually able to do that. And we got a message from her also just in the last few days. Uh, she had disclosed in the, um, uh, when we were with her that, that this grandson is nonverbal on top of everything else. He's, he's sure. nonverbal. And she just wrote us and said that he's now started, just in the last week, he started speaking in full sentences. Um, That's amazing. So, those, so your work the, is having yeah. direct, um, visual, palpable, real results that people can tangibly, you know, show to other people. Right. And this is just working for the grandmother. You know, not the mother or the father or the boy. They didn't know anything about what we were doing. Just working for the grandmother and really her lineage, what was behind her, not so much her. As, as generations behind her and the, the kind of the trauma of the of the the pioneer experience of settling of um, uh, of that uh, region and and the uh, the trauma between the native people and the Europeans as as the continent was settled by the Europeans and that was the the active trauma so, so many generations uh, later that was still uh, active uh, in the uh, in the field of this young young boy. So we we have like five and a half minutes left. So I was just, I'm going to have to cut you off in about two minutes, but I want you two to talk now for the next couple of minutes about what's really important to you in this work and what's meaningful and what you want my listeners to get out of your work. Um, This is a huge question. Sorry. (laughs) So um, in in introduction to Bert Hellinger's seminal work, uh, Love's Hidden Symmetry, Hunter Beaumont wrote this quote, um, because the systemic forces that constrain love and intimate relationships are invisible to the naked eye, we need to amplify our powers in order to study them. I love that quote because it, it, it basically talks about the importance of opening our powers of perception to be able to be in a flow of love, a flow of creation, a flow of actualization and manifestation of, of what we want. And yet in practice, when we amplify our powers of perception, when we tune in, when we wake up to our birthrights, when we open our hearts to our living path, to live in alignment with our truth, we oftentimes meet confrontation. We meet harshly enforced social codes and taboos. We meet the resistance of our family members, of our loved ones, of, of all the struggles and the fears that we feel in our, in our body even uh, about do we have enough money, do we have, you know, to make this major change, uh, do we have the resources we need to do this, how will my husband or wife feel about this, there's all these, uh, all this resistance we feel as we open 
to the perception that's alive within us, to, to the desire. And, um, and you know, Dan and I have, have created a program that invites you to, to, to look into what is possible, to what is allowed, to, to how you can belong and how you can access the, the limitless possibilities. That, that Is are that the immersion program mm-hmm. I've seen on your website? Yes, that's our immersion program. It's it's teaching people how to see with their heart. Uh, you know, the word psychic is, I mean, it is, yes, it is. And, and it's also, it's kind of a derogatory term. So we, we don't embrace it because it, it has a negative uh, connotations. But seeing with your heart is to be able to perceive the consciousness that's around us and surrounds us and inhabits us. Uh, live your purpose and love your life. And uh, so this is a, it's a nine month program. It's a big commitment for people. Uh, but that's kind of the, our, our great love right now in terms of our work. We're also, you know, we do individual work for people and, and um, relationship intensives and, and, uh, you know, a lot of other kind of clinical work. But what we're really enjoying the most is actually teaching people uh, how to be able to tune in and uh, work with these fields of consciousness, and, and it uh, it's life changing for for uh, for everyone. And it's it's not just about going to an expert and kind of getting uh, the expert's uh, help, but being able to actually learn how to be able to do it and use it in your own life. And and you know we really believe everybody has this capacity to um, access consciousness beyond human scale and form, and access the consciousness of surrounding their conflicts and their struggles. Um, so for for those that that are interested in, um, you know, stepping deeper in into the darkness that might be with you, and stepping into the shadows of your dreams, that you know, what is the shadow that's holding you back, um, and and how to kind of integrate that into the living flesh, in, into this other part of yourself, and and allow it to fade, you know, allow it to fade like a fleeting cloud, and open to, um, you know, open to the spark of life that beats in your heart. It's um, that that's that's basically the the essence of the program. Nine months. It's on Martha's Vineyard, and it's um, it's a phenomenal circle. We have a few spots left, and it starts in a few weeks. Again, if you're if you're interested in joining us for that, we would welcome you to come go to um, www.emilybolden.com or or hiddensolution.com and um, and reach out to us there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Dan and, and Emily, Tracy, guys- thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. You guys are amazing. I loved the little exercise we did. It was wonderful and profound. So thank you so much. And I want to encourage all of my listeners to go to emilyvolden.com, E-M-I-L-Y-B-O-L-D-E-N.com, and hiddensolution.com to find out more about Emily and Dan's work and about the immersion program. So Emily and Dan, thank you so much. I hope you guys come on again soon because I think we just scratched the surface. So thank you. I would love to. Yeah, thanks so much, Tracy, and thank you for this opportunity, and thank you to all the callers and and your trust. Thank you. So listeners, tune in next week um, to hear Lynn Bell talk about archetypes and mythology in our stars, and take care and see you next time. See you with your heart. This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.